0: signifying father that it was you who made a way in a place for the people of the earth to come in to experience your presence and father we thank you for the work of the cross but father we're so thankful for the work of the resurrection of the lord jesus father completed all the work of redemption all the plans and the strategies father for thousands of years and thousands of people father involved in these plans father because you loved humanity and you desire humanity to spend eternity with you. But Father, you desire humanity to be with you even on this earth. And that we can live days of heaven upon the earth. Father, such a great work that you did on our behalf. And Lord, we do not take it lightly. It was a great price and a great expense paid on my behalf. And Lord, I choose to accept that which you've done for me. Father, it would be unwise and unintelligent to reject it. And so, Father, I choose you. I choose your work that you've done for me. I choose to follow you, Father. I choose to heed your call. I choose to listen to your voice, Father. I choose to obey your word. Father, everything on this earth is a choice. And Father, we can choose to have wonderful days of health, and peace and prosperity, Father, or we can have days of grief and sickness and disease. And Father, then setting our eternity either with you or without you, Father. It's always our choice, Father. So Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for the great work that was accomplished as we celebrate this day, Father, in recognition of your resurrection. And So Father, we thank you We thank you, Father, that it took God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Father, to complete the the entirety of redemption. We thank you, Father, that you said in your word that it was the glory of God, the very Spirit of God, went into hell to to retrieve your Son. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that redemption has been completed. And, Father, we as the church now carry the, the story and the power of resurrection to the world. And we tell them that God loves you. He paid a great price for you. And he will heal your body and restore your life and deliver you from all the works of the enemy if you'll only accept him. Father, that's the good news. We have such a great story to tell the world. Father, to show your goodness and kindness and mercy. And Father, we thank you that you have empowered your church with all the ability to do that. And so we thank you for that, Father. And we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness. Amen. Amen. And so, of course, today is... uh, um, Easter, the resurrection of Lord Jesus, and you know, you may or may not know. There seems to be some controversy about calling this day Easter. You know, I really don't care. I mean, it just there's things that are important in life, things that aren't important in life. That's not one of them. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, I under, I know the history of it, all that stuff. It's just so unimportant to me. Amen. Uh, the uh, it's perfectly fine to call it Easter, uh, and so. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis. I'm not sure when, uh, well, I know that I have never uh, taught a message uh, related, related to Easter uh, from starting in Genesis, but this is where, where the Lord directed us, and so uh, it's, uh, uh, we'll just, we'll see where we go, amen? I'm looking at my notes. I've got uh, 24 pages of notes. There's a good chance we won't get through those today, you know, and so we'll just, uh, I meant to install some seat belts and buckle up and hang on for the, as best we can, right? So uh, let's go on a ride, amen? Uh, and so here in the book of Genesis, of course, this is uh, right after the creation, after the creation of, of uh, Adam and Eve. And, and um, of course, we know uh, that uh, we're not going to go through all of that, you know, but uh, uh, Adam, uh, you know, Adam really, uh, he really was not a man of great character. Because the Lord had told him what to do. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then Eve was created after that. So Eve was not there when the Lord told him that. Uh, and so he had to tell Eve. Well, she knew the story mostly. She got a little wrong with the serpent. Uh, and, and he knew what was going on. He should have stopped her. You know, you, you ever done, seen somebody doing something that, you know, well, you're not going to do it, but you wouldn't mind doing it. And let's see if, how well it works out for somebody else. And if it works out for good for them, well, then I'm going to go do that same thing, too. Even though it's wrong, I'm still going to go do it. You ever done that? You know, we all did that. with we probably elementary school. Uh, hopefully, we've all learned since then. But that's kind of what Adam did. He said, let's see what happens with eat. And she ate. Well, she didn't die immediately, because the Lord said, you know, eating and uh, dying, thou shalt die. And again, we're not going to go into all, all of the history of that. Uh, and so he was, he was a little bit um, uh, a man of low character, amen? He should have done better than that. Uh, and so... Uh, but they ate, and it says there in verse 7, this is Genesis 3, 7, uh, and it says, And the eyes of them uh, both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. You know, it's interesting uh, there, just as a footnote, uh, what was the only thing that Jesus ever cursed when he was on the earth? Fig tree, right? You think he's held a grudge all those years? You know, they used the, 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 the figs to, to, to cover themselves up, you know. I think Jesus held a grudge all those years, you know. Uh, and, and um, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. But, uh, you know, he didn't curse anything else. He cursed the fig tree, right? Fig tree, I can't believe, you know, you're covering up their sin. Uh, and so, uh, so after that, then it says in verse 8, And they heard the voice of the, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And that's, that's today's message. Where art thou? Uh, and, and you reckon the Lord knew where Adam was? Sure, yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, I can't find him anywhere. You know, he'll like, go over here. He's not over there. I mean, uh, where is he? Uh, hey, Adam, where are you? He, he didn't lose him. He knew exactly where he was. But you know, the, the, the thing is, and, and I've started a, a study, it's one of these long-term studies, you know, it may take me several years to get through it, but going through all the questions in the Bible, and I started this, kind of started with this, with this particular study. I got the 50 questions, but I'm only halfway through the book of Genesis. we got a long way to go, amen? So we're not going to go through all those today, but that's, that's a lot of questions, a lot of questions the Lord asks. And you know, and the Lord asks a lot of interesting questions throughout the Scriptures, amen? And one of these days, we'll get through that study, and we'll go through some of those. We uh, surely couldn't go through all of them, but, but uh, the Lord asks a lot of questions. This is the first question the Lord asked mankind. It's not the first question that was ever asked in the Bible. The first question ever asked was when the serpent went to Eve and said, uh, Hath God said? That was the first question in the Bible. First question that was questioning the Word of God. You know what the devil's doing in your life today? He's questioning the Word of God in your life. Did God, is God really real? Does, does he really say that? Does he really mean those things? Uh, absolutely, he, he said those things and he means those things. Amen. Hath God said? And of course, her response was inaccurate. Amen. She got it a little right, but got it somewhat wrong, uh, and, and once you start responding to the devil with inaccurate information, he knows he's got you, amen, uh, and so that's, you know, like the lawyers, they're always trying to get you tripped up, say something that maybe is not exactly accurate, amen, what did you do, you know, six years ago on a Tuesday? Oh, well, I, I was eating lunch, what did you have for lunch? I, you know, know peanut butter, jelly sandwich. No, you had, you know, bologna sandwich, whatever it was, you know, then they got you. They, they, if you can just say something that's not exactly accurate, they've got you. And that's what the devil did to Eve. You know, he got her by, uh, by her responding inaccurately. But the Lord asked Adam, where are you? And you know, that, that's a good question for us. Where are you? Yes. Amen? Uh, you know, we're thankful for these little uh, bossy ladies on, on the phones that give you the GPS directions, right? Uh, they tell you, you know, go this way, turn that way, and do all these things. And they're a little bossy about it, you know, and and, and uh, you know if you don't go that way you know uh, I'm, I'm waiting for them to put an update upgrade in there if you if you make a wrong turn hey dummy go back and, and straighten that up right <laughs> uh, they haven't done that yet but uh, uh, but you know you, you, you the, the most important thing if you're going to follow those directions is you got to know where you are to start with because yeah. you don't know where you are you are never gonna know where you and, and you know how many times have you looked at that and they say okay turn right well well I don't know if that means turn right from this side or from that side. And so sometimes you gotta, uh, how many times have you started off on the wrong foot? The very first step, you're wrong. I thought, you know, I can't tell if I'm supposed to turn left or right here, so let's just try it. We turn right. No, you're supposed to turn left, so you have to go back and turn. Well, how many times have you made that mistake? Anybody remember printed maps, right? It uh, used to be a big deal, get a Rand McNally printed map, the big ones folded, you know, and it really, it really it had leather, you know, it had leather cover on it there, and it, it took up the entire seat under the seat, and, and you whip that thing out. Hang on, let me find out where you are. What? What? Where do you think we are? And you have to find a giant map, and you have to go, okay, where am I? You know, you got to look at all this map and find. You know, and, and, and you're B nine. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. B nine is still, you know, fifty square miles, and so uh, starting on those maps there's always a problem. But but where are we? Amen. Where Where was that? The Lord. The Lord had not lost Adam. Amen. Uh, and, and the the other thing on this is if, you, if you're traveling. You know, if you see a road sign, I remember my pastor used to tell a story. My pastor struggled with a lot of just natural things because, you know, he's cheated his way through most of school. And and it just turns out if you cheat your way through most of school, you don't really learn much. And so he said when he first started going on the interstates, he would get there and the sign would say something like Memphis, 180 miles. And he thought that that was the last time he could get off the interstate for the next 180 miles. So he would never go on the interstate because, like, well, if I go on the interstate, I can't get off for 180 miles. Uh, and, and so that was lack of information, wasn't it? But, you know, if you see a sign that says Memphis, uh, 180 miles, you don't stop at that sign on the interstate and go, Oh, well, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I've arrived. Yeah, and, and what, what, what we're going to see here, part of today's message, is looking at some of the milestones that the Lord put in the Word of God. And how many times have we stopped at that milestone and not gone to where we're supposed to be? Where are we? Are we where we're we supposed to be? Or are we stopped uh, at this location? Uh, and in, in, in dealing with, you know, it, you know, there's a lot of tragedy that people go through life. And one of the things that, that uh, I encourage people, whenever a tragedy occurs uh, in life, you know, it could be the death of a loved one, it could be loss of a business, could be, you know, uh, betrayal or whatever it is, you know, divorce. There's a lot of things people experience in life and, of course, they don't have to go through all of those things oftentimes. Uh, but, you know, uh, for one thing, death is something that we will all have to experience at some point in time. Uh, but the other things we can't avoid in much of that uh, tragedy in life. But oftentimes what happens when, when those events occur is we stop in our life right there. We build an altar at that event, and that event defines our life. And, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not building any altars in my life. If something occurs that, that's not good in my life, I will deal with it and I will move on. Amen. Uh, because otherwise we're going to stop. We're going to stop at that point. And the Lord's going to say, where are you? Well, Lord, I'm at this signpost right there, this event that occurred. He said, well, I needed you to do these other things in, my, in your life. But, Lord, I can't. I'm, all, I'm worshiping at this altar of this event that occurred. And so be careful in your own life. You know, where are you? Don't stop in your life. Don't ever stop. Always moving on. You know, and one thing, one thing I say on a regular basis, I'm always moving forward. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of people do things against me in my life, say things against me in my life. And, and what they're wanting to do is for me to stop, for me to stop right there and not progress and to curl up in a fetal position and cry about how bad they were to me, how unkind they were to me, and these things, and, and just stop. I'm not stopping for nobody. Amen. I've got places to go, things to do, people to see, people to help. I, I refuse to stop. And, and you want to be unkind to me? You're, uh, I'm going to leave you because you're going to stop there and, and try to do these thing, things in my life. I'm going to keep on going, amen? I'm not stopping. And, but in, in, in the Christian life, uh, you know, the, after we, we don't have time to go through all of these events, but, you know, later on, uh, the children of Israel were, were in Egypt and they were enslaved for many years. And uh, then after 430 years, then they, they escaped out of Egypt. And then uh, they went to the wilderness. But where were they going to? They were supposed to go to the promised land. That was always a plan of God. Leave Egypt, which is a type of the world, uh, and go into, uh, go through the wilderness for just a short period of time, and then go into the promised land. And and I, w- I was studying trying to understand how far it, it would take to get from Egypt to the promised land. And, and it's like people have a hard time uh, agreeing. It was anywhere from eleven days to like six years. That's like well, that's a big that's a big, you know. It's like you could just get a map, you know, and, and figure that out. Amen. But you know you're you're dealing with two million people. And through wilderness and, and difficult terrain and, and hot uh, temperatures and, and mount, mountainous regions. So, you know, uh, it's, a big, it's a big range. How, how far could you go per day with 2 million people? You, ever, you remember when we, we had small kids, right? Every, every event was a military operation. Okay, do we have the bag? Do we have this? Do we have the car seat? Do we have the stroller? Do we have, you know, the, the milk? Do we have the pacifier? Do we have the blanket? Do we have the toys? Do, uh, it's like, you know, and we we'd get these big charts and we'd move. Okay, we're going to flank them over to the right here. And okay, mom, you're going to go over this way. And, and, and I mean, it was, just, it was like trying to figure out every single event was a major operation. Amen. And, and you think about this now, too many people are doing that. Where are we going? We're going that direction. And you start there, and somebody wander off over there, and somebody wander, hey, we're going this direction. I know, but I saw a bird, and I'm going over that way. And, and so it was, it was like herding cats, I'm sure, all the time. Just, uh, but they went into the wilderness. The, the Lord's desire was, it was just a, a short period of time. And yet, how long were they in the wilderness? We know that, right? 40 years. Man, it's a bad GPS right there, right? I mean, they just throw that thing away. We're never going to get there. Right? You just go around in circles. And, and, and back in the day, before you had GPS, you'd get these maps. And I, I think we've been, you know, uh, we should have already passed this. Uh, uh, or we passed this three times already. And, and so uh, th- that was always a difficulty back in, back in the day. But it was the Lord never wanted to remain, remain in the wilderness. And, uh, and if you look at types of shadows, and, of course, you have to be careful about making too strong of, of a case in these things, But when they crossed from Egypt into the wilderness, they crossed through the Red Sea. And so that's a type of baptism, and that's really a a type of leaving the world and being baptized in the body of Christ. Uh, And and so the wilderness, was there any provision in the wilderness? Would the Lord protect him in the wilderness? Well, there was. What was What was the miraculous event that occurred every morning in the wilderness? Like a manna, right? So there was provision in the wilderness. There was, did they have any uh, victories in the wilderness? Did they, did they defeat any kings in the wilderness? They defeated several kings in the wilderness. And so there was, there was provision. Was there any sickness and disease? Remember, the Bible says that, they, that they, there was not one feeble among them. Not one. They, two million people, not one. That's amazing right there. That's an amazing statement. Amen? Were they supposed to live in the wilderness? No, it was only supposed to get them to the next stage of their life. Amen? And yet, how many Christians will live in the wilderness? They'll get saved, and that's as far as they go. They'll never get, now, they have some amount of of the Lord protecting them, some provisions, some some assistance along the way, but they stop in the wilderness, and they never go past that. But the Lord never wanted them to stay there. The wilderness is not supposed to be a place uh, of residence. It's supposed to be a place, just a temporary place to get to the next uh, place in your life, amen? Uh, And yet, uh, uh, much of the church is there. Then, if, if you continue on after they went to the wilderness, then they went to uh, the River Jordan, and they crossed the River Jordan. So they crossed the Red Sea, they crossed the River Jordan, that's a type of baptism. That, that b- baptism, the second baptism that the child of God is supposed to go through is a baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The Lord always intended the entire church to leave the world, come into His body, and then to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That was the second baptism uh, that they were supposed to go through, and yet uh, how many people don't want to do that? Even the nation of Israel. How many tribes, tribes were there in the nation of Israel? Twelve tribes, right? So they all get up there. They go through the wilderness for 40 years. They get up to the they get up to River Jordan. And one and a half tribes said, you know, we like it on this side. We like staying in the wilderness. We're going to stay. You all go on. Now, we'll come over, if you've got some wars, we'll come and help you through some wars, but we're going to stay on this side. We're just, we just don't want to go through that second baptism, and we're going to stay over here. We're, we're good. You're good in the wilderness, yeah. Well, but that's not where God wants us to be. Right. Now, now it, it was nice that manna was there. How much faith did they need to have for manna to show up every day? None. It was a sovereign act of God. They get up there, it's magic, right? It's kind of like my house, I go home, magic food shows up on the table, I get to eat. I don't know where it comes from. It's just magic. It just shows up. It's like manna, right? I don't cook it, I, but I eat it, right? I do, do, I do the dishes after that. Uh, but, it, you know, it's like every day's manna at my house. It's uh, just magic. It just shows up. I don't know where it comes from. And, and, and it's sovereign. I have nothing to do about it. What if I don't want to eat? It's still there. What if I like it? It's still there. What if I don't like it? It's, you know, it's still there. Amen. It's just, it's just there. And, of course, they got tired of manna after a while, you know, and they complained to the Lord. You complain about supernatural provision, that's why I never complain about food on, on my table. It's like, it's there. Why would I complain about it? Because the alternative is, I've got to fix it and do something, with. and so I'm not going to do that. Well, after they got into the promised land, now the promised land is not a type of heaven because what was, what, who else was in the promised land besides the nation of Israel? Giants, right? Uh, there were enemies to, to defeat. Uh, was there sickness and disease that the Lord had protected protect them from? There were sickness and disease. Was there poverty and lack? There was uh, all the... Uh, things of the world that we deal with today, we're in the Promised Land back then, so it's not a type of heaven. There are there en- how many en- enemies are there in heaven? No enemies in heaven. How much sickness and disease are there, is there in heaven? None. So, so it wasn't a type of heaven. It was a type of life being filled with the Holy Spirit and having complete and total victory. Uh, you know, Joshua was unstoppable in the in the Promised Land. It's spectacular uh, defeats, uh, like five times as many victories as Moses had uh, in the in the wilderness. And so we're supposed to have victories in our life. Amen. Are we stuck in the wilderness? Are you stuck in the wilderness? Are you, are you going to stay with, well, you know, I got saved and that's as far as I'm going. Well, you're stuck. Because the fullness of the blessings of God never arrived until you, until you got to the promised land. Amen. All the promises of, of provision and everything that you lay your hands to will prosper. And all of Deuteronomy 28 and all of us, you know, free from all the, uh, any sickness and any disease uh, that, the, that the Egyptian nation had. Uh, was no was going to be gone in the wilderness or gone in the promised land and yet how much of the church is stuck in the in the in the wilderness amen uh, the lord never intended for uh, pentecost to be uh, only the crazy people amen he always intended pentecostal people speaking in other tongues for the, the entire church and yet we see types of shadows that that even in the old covenant that they all wouldn't go in they were they were happy in the wilderness but see uh, the 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 difficulty that people have in the wilderness is, or, or going into the promised land, uh, they had no, they required no faith to, to, for their provisions. It was all sovereign. But seven days after they entered into the promised land, manna ended. Now they have to use faith to, to grow the crops and and grow the grow the animals and 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 feed themselves and use faith to get to do that. So faith, the requirement for faith increased when they went into the promised land. Well, that's the, the, the life the Lord wants us to have is he wants us to uh, increase faith in our lives, to increase what we believe God for every day instead of just being, well, if the Lord wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. That's the wilderness. Amen. Now, the, the only way out of the wilderness is victory. You know, they, they were overcome by their own flesh, not because of any enemy, but their own flesh caused them to, to be defeated in the wilderness. And they had to circle the mountain for 40 years. Until they finally, until all those people died off and they had a group of people who were at least willing to follow the Lord. Uh, and when Jesus, remember Jesus went into the wilderness. And who directed him to go into the wilderness? Well, the Lord did. Amen. The Spirit of God did. Uh, and after he got the victory of the enemy, then he left the wilderness. After the nation of Israel got the victory uh, in the wilderness, they left and went into the promised land. Uh, and how many times have, you, have we heard Christians say, I'm going through a wilderness experience? Well, uh, unless the Lord directed you to go there, because he directed the nation of Israel to go there, he directed Jesus to go there, but a lot of Christians are in the wilderness by their own choice, uh, by their own, the the things they've done, the things they've said, you know, whatever choices they've made, they end up in the wilderness. Well, the Lord didn't send them there, so you should leave. Just leave, just leave leave the wilderness. You don't have to stay there. You're not required to to live in the wilderness. You You can leave anytime you want to, amen? That's the wonderful thing about faith is, uh, you can choose to live in faith any day you want to. Amen? You can choose to live in whatever joy you want to, whatever peace you want to, however much provision you want to. It's your choice. You can, you can have whatever life you want to by faith. Amen? That's the life that he wants us. So they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. You know, they did make it finally in the promised land, but, was, but uh, was the promised land the completion of redemption that we're supposed to have? Was it the completion of that? Because in the promised land, uh, of course, that was they were still... Uh, uh, somewhat nomadic in the promised land. They were some moving around, but they were at least contained within a country, uh, but they still didn't have, or they still had a tabernacle. You remember when Moses in the wilderness, they had a tabernacle, which was a tent, right? It was, it was a mobile temple. Uh, and, uh, and so they, they had the holies of holies, and they had the curtains there, and they had a separation between uh, humanity and the power of God. Yeah. And, and only Aaron could go once a year into the holy of holies and do his thing, right? And do, do what he needed to do in, in the tabernacle so if you wanted to go to find the presence of god you had to go to where the tabernacle was where the tent was and you could only be of the tribe of levi and you could only be uh, of the family of aaron to be the high priest to go into this place so other people couldn't go you know moses really was not uh, allowed to go in the, into the holies of holies he never went in there but aaron did uh, and so uh, that the promised land was great but it still wasn't where we want to be fully amen I don't want you want to have to fly to to Jerusalem and go find the the holiest of holies right later on uh, they replaced the tent the tabernacle with a temple but it's still essentially the same thing uh, that there was a separation uh, between the power of God the presence of God and humanity and so if you wanted the presence of God you had to go somewhere you had to go find a building had had to be of the right family had to be at the right position in order to go in there and and it was rare that you could go in there once a year amen Uh, and so you know, I don't want to live uh, in, I mean, we understand from types and shadows the promised land is where we are today, but it's not fully where we are today, amen? Uh, and so uh, they, they, the Lord wanted to get rid of, of, of the temple. Uh, and, you know, of course, later on, we know we, we sang the song today, right? The veil was torn. Uh, and, and when he was on the cross, the veil that was in the temple at that time, that separated, uh, there was an area for the people to be outside there, but then the, the veil, only the high priest could go in there. The Lord tore that and he's showing us i'm gonna i'm gonna put my spirit into all humanity that's what we read in galatians 3:14, that we would receive the promise of the spirit that was the end game of redemption to receive the promise fully receive the promise right because partially receiving the promise is is getting saved and we have when we get saved we get the spirit of god on the inside of us but then when we go through pentecost which is 50 days from today then we get the fullness of this. We get filled and overflowed, and the Spirit of God comes upon us to empower us to be witnesses into all the world. That's what he said in Acts 1.8, right? That, that when you are endued with power from on high, now he was talking to saved people. They got saved in John 21. They received the Holy Spirit. Remember, said, the Bible says Jesus uh, uh, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on the disciples in, in John 21. And then later on in Acts 1.8, he said, uh, after you endued with power from on high, well, well, you just gave me power in John 21, but it's, it's, it's supernatural power, miracle-working power to strengthen us and empower us to be witnesses. That was always the plan of God. I want you to get saved, to get born again, to be regenerated, that I want to fill you with the power of God. Now you can go out into all the world and say, look, God is real. Go raise somebody from the dead. Go uh, heal somebody's child go have some supernatural, supernatural provision and show that God is real. And then people will come running to, to get saved, amen? That's always the plan of God. Uh, but, you know, in the, of course, when, when they left Egypt, one of the things they did was uh, uh, at the very last thing, you remember the last, uh, the last plague was the, the plague of death. And then we instituted uh, Passover at that point in time. Everybody know about Passover, right? Uh, anybody been to a Seder meal where you go and then they kind of uh, recreate the whole thing there? Uh, well, you know, uh, all of these things, Passover and the temples and the tabernacles and the wilderness, they are all road signs, right? They're all doing this right here. They're pointing to the completion of redemption. Yep. But we, all, we stop there. Amen? And, and you know, look, uh, if this is a golden calf of yours, I don't, I don't have, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't need to celebrate Passover. Amen? And I'll tell you why we don't do it, because we'll, we'll get into it in just a second, but it, it, it's a road sign to where we are today. Amen? But a lot, of, a lot of churches make a big deal about Passover, and they celebrate Passover. was celebrated Wednesday of this week, right? And, and, and I mean, it was part of the redemption process. But, but Passover, if you remember, the purpose of Passover was for us to, re, or the nation of Israel, to remind themselves of the 430 years that they were in slavery, right? You remember the whole deal, right? They had to go it was the last plague. The, the The angel of death was going to come, and they had to kill. They had to uh, kill the lamb, and then paint the paint the, the, the doorposts and the lintels of their house to mark it as this is marked as a house of safety. Amen. This is marked, uh, and but then they also had to go and then eat that lamb. So they had to murder this lamb and then put the blood on that and then eat the lamb, and then they had to uh, be dressed. Uh, uh, ready to go quickly, right? Uh, and uh, uh, But then they also had the one part of it they had to eat the bitter herbs. Remember the, the bitter herbs, right? They had to eat. Well, then Jesus, you know, when he celebrated Passover, uh, right there at the, at the very end, uh, you remember that he instituted communion. Right. And when he instituted communion, he never mentioned bitter herbs. He never mentioned anything, stuff with the, 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 that old stuff there. And he didn't murder any mammals. He used bread and wine to represent our future uh, and, and there's no there's no new testament uh, uh instruction for us to celebrate and to even observe passover because it's kind of it's it was a road sign to where we are today we don't stop at the road sign and go, wow we're there uh, nobody does that amen uh, you stop at the rest area and then you keep on going you even stop, stop at the rest area and go wow we made it no, did anybody live at the rest area no nobody should live there right i mean they may try to but they shouldn't live there but uh, but Passover, you know, and we, I mean, we're thankful for these types and shadows, Amen. Where we, we study these things and we read about them and go, okay, that, that gives us some insight into what's going on today. But we don't we don't do these things because, uh, first of all, uh, where were the where was the nation of Israel during Passover? They were they were in their houses, right? Uh, why were they in their houses? Uh, because what was fixing to come? The angel of death, right? And so they're, they're, they're basically hiding in their households because of this death angels are going to come. And, and, well, we're going to stay in there. And, of course, we know, we know from a type and shadow that, that we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, amen, and someday that the, that the wrath of God will be poured out on the world to, to judge all of sin and be done with all of sin, and, and He will pass over, that judgment will pass over us it skip us because we are marked with the blood of Jesus, and that's all great and that's all good, Amen. Uh, but uh, we don't we don't remind ourselves about the slavery of the world that we were in. We were all in slavery of the world at one point in time, but we don't eat the bitter herbs to remind ourselves about that. We we're always moving on. But they were hiding away in their house for fear of the death angel. Well, uh, is that where we are today in the church? Are we supposed to hide away in fear of the of fear of the enemy? No. So, so we shouldn't be celebrating Passover. I'm not afraid of anything. I, I'm a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, faith-empowered child of the Most High God. I fear nothing. I fear no one. Uh, people, all, you, you know, you need to be aware of that person. I don't care. You know, you need to make sure you're in good with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever important person is in, in this town. There is nobody I know that's important in this town compared to the Lord Jesus. Amen? I just, I just, it just... You know, I'm a child of the Most High God. How can you do better than that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not stopping and hiding away in my house for fear of any enemy. Amen? Where are you? Where are we as a church? Are we stuck somewhere uh, in, in fear of the enemy? So much of the church is so afraid. Oh, you can't say that in church. You know, people are going to leave if you say that in church. And you know, if I have to constrain what I say because I'm afraid of looking at you, someday I've got to stand before the Lord Jesus and you're going to say, why did you say that? Well, well, Lord, you know they made a they made a bad face if I said that, and so I, you know, it really bothered me when they when they did that. Uh, you know, they may get up they may get up in the middle of my service, and I've had people just get up. I told you, they've had people just get up in the middle of service and leave. In the middle of service, not the beginning of service, not just not show up to church. Middle of service, you get up and leave because they like what something I was preaching. <laughs> Stay for the punchline at least, right? And find out if I, you know if, if if what I'm saying is so, Amen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and so uh, look, I mean. i'm not trying to run anybody off i want everybody to be here that that should be here amen i'm not trying to run anybody off amen but but if i fear if i stand in fear of what you might do then 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 i think you're more important than the lord jesus that you're more powerful than the lord jesus that my destiny is more important with you than with the lord jesus that that's i don't know i just i can't imagine you know i can't imagine being that way amen Uh, and so uh you know, for me personally, we have never celebrated Passover. Look, I, I've been to Seder Meals. Uh, to me, it's interesting because it, it informs where I am today. It gives me some insight because they, they know all these things. And, and so there's nothing wrong with studying these things. But to make a big deal of it and, and to make a, you know, we're going to celebrate Passover, we're not doing that. Amen? For, for, first of all, who, who is our Passover today? The Bible says literally that Jesus is our Passover. Right. So I don't celebrate that old old covenant idea. Now I'm not mad at you. You want to celebrate? I don't care. Celebrate it. It's fine, right? But but you can't you can't demand that we as a ministry, we as a church, or even to the church of the Lord Jesus, celebrate Passover. It's it's a, a road sign that is no longer valid, right? We're already past that road sign. We're not going to go back to that road sign and go. Are we really on the right path? We're already way past that road sign. Amen. We're not going to retrace our steps there. Uh, but much of the church is stuck doing these things. Amen. Uh, and then, of course, we got uh, one of our, our favorite ones there. After they got the Passover, after they got in the wilderness, after they set up the tabernacle, th- then they had, you remember, they had the Ark of the Covenant. It's a big deal, right? The Ark of the Covenant. Uh, like, remember that movie? Anybody remember the movie, right? With, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Harrison Ford, right? You know? Yeah, it, it's all historically accurate. I have no idea. If it's, you know, uh, but they had the Ark of the Covenant, which is a real thing. Amen? Uh, and it was the box overlaid with gold, and it had... Uh, Aaron's rod had the temple had the uh, the the tablets from the Ten Commandments had some manna in there uh, and uh, and on top of it on top of this ark then they had a a, it was a golden uh, cover and had cherubims and winged creatures facing each other and that was called the mercy seat and the ark of the covenant was placed in the holy of holies right so you had to go through the veil uh, and inside that holy of holies was was uh, the ark of the covenant and on top of the Ark of the Covenant was, was the, uh, the mercy seat, and it was all gold, and, and what Aaron would have to do as a high priest is once a year he'd go in on the Day of Atonement, and, and again, a lot of murdering going on, right? They had to kill, uh, they had to have two goats and, and a bull, uh, and uh, Aaron would kill the bull for himself, and then he would go and take that blood and put it on the mercy seat, because mercy, uh, it was a sovereign act. They had to go and, and beg the mercy of the Lord to not kill us because we're all been operating in sin for the last year. And th- so he had to go take care of his own sin first by, by killing a bull. And then they had uh, two goats and they would take one goat and they would kill the other goat. And kill the goat that they killed would be for the nation of Israel. And they'd go and put that blood on the mercy seat. And then they'd take the other goat and there and was a scapegoat. And they, they, so they sent it off into the wilderness. And um, we could preach a long time on all those things, right? Uh, we, don't, we don't have time for that because uh, uh, we, we still got a long way to go. Uh, we're only on page nine here. And so um, you know, maybe if I make the font size smaller and get the fewer pages, right? Uh, but uh, the, so he had to go uh, to the mercy seat. Uh, and how many people are today still running to the mercy seat? I'm running to the mercy seat. But, but we got to understand, it, 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 and I, look, I'm just going to say these things as far as the, the, the Bible verses. You can look them up on your time. We don't have time to turn them all to all of them. Uh, but uh, uh, Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 8, 5, uh, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. So the pattern of things he made in the tabernacle was a shadow of heavenly things. So everything that we, that we saw in the tabernacle was a thing that was also in heaven. So there's an ark of the covenant in heaven. There is a mercy seat in heaven. Uh, and so, uh, so Moses made the mercy seat uh, on the earth to reflect what was going on in heaven. And so that mercy seat was a place that you had to go to every single year and, and shed blood and put it on that mercy seat. And so people today are saying, well, we need, we need, to, go, uh, we need to go to the mercy seat, right? Uh, but the, the problem with that, uh, in fact, uh, in uh, chapter 9 of Hebrews, he says in verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with, with these, but the heavenly things with a better sacrifice than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So you remember Jesus, uh, after, he, after he died and was resurrected, remember Mary saw him and she was going to go up and touch him. And he said, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father. And and so why did he let her touch him? Uh, He didn't let her touch him because he had to go and purify the heavenly utensils before he did anything else. Because heaven got messed up when Lucifer was in heaven. It said sin was found in him. Everything that sin touches has to be purified. That's why we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth. And actually, uh, anything that sin touches, it cannot be purified. Uh, restored perfectly to its original state. It has to be replaced. That can be purified for a period of time, but it has to be replaced. So everything has been touched by sin. Are we going to get a new heaven? We're going to get a new heaven. Why are we going to get a new heaven? It's been touched by sin. Amen? Why are we going to get a new earth? Has, a new, has the earth been touched by sin? Then, then we're going to get a new earth. What about our physical body? So we are going to get a new physical body? Yeah. We are. Why? Because it's been touched by sin. Everything that's been touched by sin has to be replaced. It cannot be restored fully. Amen? It can be cleansed. Uh, uh, from a from a, a, a being sanctified in that sense, but it can't. But it has to be eventually replaced. So Jesus had to go and and cleanse the heavenly utensils from where the presence of, of Lucifer was there, and cleanse uh, cleanse those utensils from the sin of Lucifer. And so he did. He took that sin. He took his own blood, and, and then he cleansed that ark of the covenant that's in heaven that's reflecting of what Moses created in the wilderness, uh, and so, but is he going to is he going to do that anymore does he have to do that every year now jesus is a high priest right like but he's not a priest of the lineage of aaron he's a lineage of melchizedek again you know we can go into i mean we could spend thousand days talking about all these things right i mean the book of hebrews uh you if you're going to study the book of hebrews you got to go buy some waiters right you're you got to wade way out into into a lot of doctrine uh, in the book of hebrews uh, and so uh, so jesus cleansed that now in the in the natural world Aaron had to do that every year, but once Jesus did his work, he went up in heaven one time only and he, and he completed uh, the cleansing of the mercy seat. So, the question for us is, where are we? Are we going to the mercy seat? Do we still go to the mercy seat uh, today? Well, if, we, if we're going to the mercy seat today, then we need to go with blood. Because the only time you could go to the mercy seat is to go with blood. Now, uh, the, and the purpose of the mercy seat was to take care of our sins. So, if we're doing that today, then we're saying that my sins haven't been paid for. I need to go to the mercy seat and get my sins paid for. That was the whole purpose of going to the mercy seat. But has, I thought Jesus paid for our sins. Did he not pay for our sins? Did he not die and shed blood for our sins? Did he not take that blood and go to heaven and cleanse the heavenly utensils and then take that blood and cleanse us? He did. So there's no need for me to go to the mercy seat. Amen. And yet, how much of the church? I'm running to the mercy seat. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on the, the, the horns of the altar. Don't you love that? Hanging on the horns of the altar. You know, the guy that did that got killed, right? I mean, so don't follow his example. That wasn't a good example, amen? So I'm not going to go hang on the, the horns of the altar. I got to go to Jerusalem and find some horns. And I'm all out of horns in, in Dayton, Tennessee. So I've got to go somewhere else to get this. Well, what, but we, we love this stuff. The church loves these things that don't make any sense. It's a road sign. The mercy seat was, was a temporary reflection of what needed to get done. Now that it's got done, we move on. Right. Always moving forward. I mean, we should be yeah. moving forward. Don't be stopping it. And, and, and I had a, a, a long discussion with somebody about this, and they got all upset at me because I said, well, we don't go to the mercy seat. What do you mean, Brother? Well, it's a place of, of sin. It's a place of, of acknowledging my sin and, and that my sin's not been paid for and I've got to pay for my sins. At this point, that's every, didn't Aaron had to do that. He had to pay for the sins, first of himself and then of the nation of Israel. But even in Romans 3.25 Romans 3, says, When God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God... Uh, so God has set forth Jesus. So the, the context of Romans 3.25 is that Jesus set forth, God set forth Jesus to be a propitiation through faith. Now, when was the last time you used the word propitiation in a sentence, uh, right? And if you look up, that, the, this English word is used a few times. It's, uh, uh, it's not this particular case, but the other couple times it's used. If you look up the word propitiation, the definition is expiation, which doesn't help you at all. When was the last time you used the word expiation in a sentence? Right? I mean, it's like, what? What's wrong with these people? You know, we well, use words. Use 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 real words, right? Uh, use words that we can understand. But but if you look at other translations, and Young's gives us the best definition, I think, for this. Uh, if you read uh, Romans 3:25 in the Young's translation, it says, "Whom God did set forth a mercy seat through the faith in His blood, for the showing forth of His, of his righteousness, because of the passing over of the bygone sins in the forbearance of God." So Jesus became the mercy seat. So we don't go to the mercy seat like the Ark of the Covenant mercy seat. There is a mercy seat in heaven. It's still there. There's, there's, the Ark of the Covenant is still there. The mercy seat is still there. We don't go there. We go see Jesus now. He is our mercy seat. Right. And, and there's no blood that has to be shed. But we love, the, you know, with old covenant sto- stories of the mercy seat. Uh, and, and so you know, is that where you are? They need to be shedding some blood. Because when you go to the mercy seat, the, the payment hasn't been made. That's why you go to the mercy seat, to make the payment. Well, we're not going to go to the mercy seat and make a payment. It's done. So we've got to move on. Amen? Where are you? Remember, God asked, the, asked Adam, where are you? Where are you as a Christian? Where is your faith? Where, where are you operating today? Are you operating in old old covenant ideas and mentality of I've got to pay for my sins? And, and people that make these statements all the time, I've, you know, I've made my bed hard, or I've got to lie in it. The dumbest thing? Dumbest <laughs> thing. So dumb buy a better bed if it's hard buy a better bed yeah. uh, we went I mean, years ago we went down to the store to get a we got to get a new mattress you know back back in the day you had to go into these stores they had a thousand mattresses and you go lay on and go oh, you know you know you feel like goldilocks well this one's soft this one's softer you know so just right and, and then they send you this this giant mattress and then the first, we did that and and it, and it was like a slab of, of granite we i mean it was just and look i could sleep on anything but it just it was not comfortable and so we sent it back. Are you going to send it back? Yeah, I'm going to send it back. It's, it's so uncomfortable. And then we got one that's like a cloud, and, and it's, it's a whole lot better. Uh, but, but just get you a better bed. Amen? People put themselves in a box all the time. And they say, well, I've made this mistake. I'm, I can't move on. Always move forward. Don't ever build an altar at a mistake you make. Don't, don't ever do that. You know, a person of faith always can move on. A person of faith can say, it doesn't matter what I've done right, what I've done wrong. It just does, I am moving forward. A person of great faith can do that. We'll, we'll never let their past be, a, be a, a boat anchor in their life or an altar in their life. I, I am not worshiping at any altar of any sin I've made, any mistake I've made. Well, you don't even care. I care a lot about the mistakes I've made, but I'm not, I'm not going to be my own sacrifice. I'm not going to go to any mercy seat and go murder something for my own sin Jesus did that. Why would I do that? He did it much better than I could have, than I ever could have. And so a person of faith would go, yeah, I, I messed up bad, but Jesus, look what he did. It's all covered. A person of great faith would go, yeah, yeah, it's all covered. A person of weak faith goes, oh, I made my mistakes, I I'm never, I can't overcome them. Low faith, weak faith, amen. Sometimes Jesus said, why is you have no faith? Some people in that area, they have no faith. They, just, they, just, they make a mistake and that's it. They're sidelined. Wherever, whatever the mile marker, that's where they're at. That mile marker. You drive by there, you know, you know the state troopers put the little orange square on there. Let them know that you know we were driven by and checked it out, and, and you're just stuck there. You, you've seen cars on the on the side of the for years. Well, why is it there? Well, they just they just broke down and moved on. They just left it, left it left their life right there. I'm moving on. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so we should be going to the throne of grace amen we know we know hebrews four sixteen says let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace see that's where jesus is now he's not at the mercy seat he is the mercy seat but the mercy seat in heaven that's not where jesus is at and i was telling that 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 uh, fellow i said why do you want to go to the mercy seat?" Well, that's where i want to go i said well nobody's there i mean you go there but no one's there you go doors are locked you know the vacancy right uh, no, it, it, there's no lights on there's no no there's nothing there well i want to go and, and I gave them all the same scriptures I've been giving you. In fact, I gave them more than these. And, yeah, that's where I'm going to go anyway. I, said, I mean, you know, you, you ever been frustrated to tell people, here's exactly what to do. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like, I'm, I'm a, a somewhat of an expert when it comes to computers. You know? What do I need to do? Well, just do this right here. And they go, well, I don't do that. Well, dude, why are you asking me, right? <laughs> uh, I, call, I call my wife the mad clicker. I say, okay, now pull up a screen, now get ready. And before I even say anything, she's like, click, 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 click click, 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 No, you, you you click twelve things. You're supposed to click one thing. Why are you clicking everything? Just like, click 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 click. No, and so because uh, she thinks, well if I click it enough to, if I click enough things, something will happen. Yeah. Smoke comes out of the computer, right? We get phone calls from the IRS. I mean just you just it's just, you know, she just clicks everything, right? And so but some people you just you you can't help. You just you try you show them here's a roadmap. We we leave the mercy, we left the mercy seat. Now we're going to the throne of grace. That's where we go. Amen. That's we we don't go to the mercy seat. I'm not taking in no blood. I'm not murdering any mammals. You know, people. Are you a hunter? You know, I mean, I would like to. I would like the kind of experience of hunting, right, going out in the in the woods and nature and stuff like that. And, and, and I mean, I could even murder a mammal, but then I've got to clean it. See, that's the thing. Is like you've got to gut it. You know, he's. If I could hire like a guy, right? I'm going to shoot it, but then you you do the rest of it, right? And, and you make you put it, in a, you go ahead and put it in a little envelope, a little brown paper, right? Send it to my house, put it in my freezer, and I'll eat it. But you know, it, it's it's not even the murdering; it's the cleaning, right? You got to field dress it, and I just, you know, no, I'm not doing that. Now, some people love it, right? How I many we got? We got some great white hunters in here, right? They like murdering things, you know, and that's great. I mean, you know, I got no problem with that at all. You know, we need got to eat somewhere, right? If we all knew how our food was prepared, none of us would eat anything. Amen. Uh, and so, but I'm going to go to the throne of grace. Because he said, come boldly to the throne of grace. See, if you go to the mercy seat, there was great fear going to the mercy seat. I mean, fear. They had, had, had I mean, everything would be perfect. Their clothes would be perfect. They had to wash to be perfect. They had to have the, 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 a, a lamb or a goat or a bull without a spot or wrinkle. Nothing. I mean, perfect. If it wasn't perfect, you know, they put bells on, on his hem, right, of, of, the, of the high priest if he went in there and and didn't do something right he'd be struck dead in the presence of god right. and 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 so they would listen and they would hear the jingling you know my cat's got a, a collar with a bell on it we always listen where's the cat you know and, and and if we don't hear a bell he stopped somewhere where's he at we don't know he stopped and, and so if you don't hear the jingling something bad happened and then, so they tie a rope they would well, he would go in with a rope tied to his to his ankle because i'm not going and you go in there i'm not going in there he's dead you go in there? No, I'm not going in there. And so they drag him out. But that, I mean, that's what the whole—you know—they they, they stop hearing the bell ringing. Okay, he's been struck dead. I'm not going in there, you know, because why did he get struck dead? We don't know. You want to risk it? I'm not risking it. So they drag him out, and you know, that'd be tough. Okay, the the last thing, let's put a let's tie a rope to your. What's the rope for? Well, just in case you're dead, and then you know. <laughs> Well, who's going to sign up for that? Yeah, sign me up for that one. I'm going to do that right there, right? I mean, nobody's going to sign up for that. Uh, and so, no, we go to the throne of grace. We go where it, it's paid for. Amen? The, the, this, it's all covered. We don't have to go and, and, and it, with fear, he said, come boldly. Boldly, right? Come boldly to the throne of grace uh, that we may obtain mercy. See, uh, the mercy seat, all you got was mercy. You, there's no grace at the mercy seat, it's only mercy, which is great, you know, But but... But grace is better because grace is obtained by faith. Amen? And and grace will will keep us from ever having, needing mercy. If we'll live in grace all the days of our life, we'll never need mercy. Amen? And so we go to the throne of grace that we we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we don't go in fear. We don't go like the the high priest went. Where are you? Are you you hanging in fear uh, at the mercy seat? A lot of people are afraid of God. Uh, you know, I was I was at a, a, a doing some a business at a bank one time, and, and and the fellow he didn't know me that well. He said, "So what do you do for a living?" Uh, I said, "Well, I'm a pastor." He goes, "Oh, you've got a hard boss." I'm like, really? Obviously, you've never met him. I've got like the best boss ever. I mean, the best boss ever. I mean, I've had bad bosses. You ever had bad bosses, right? They're the worst. Now, uh, I've got the best. You know, you've got a hard boss. He said he'd give me. Uh, complete life insurance and fire insurance and health insurance and all you know uh, my whole life is blessed everything i do how is that a bad boss he'd tell me he'd fill me with with the real knowledge of his will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding how is that a bad boss now i've got a great boss amen i, I have no fear i see uh, if you don't come to the throne boldly uh, low faith a lot of people go to the throne of grace like it's the throne of mercy like the mercy seat oh lord i you know i hate to bother you, you know i Lord, I, you know, I, if, if you're not busy, Lord, I, I need I need I need some help. But if you can't, if it's your will to do it, but if it's not your will, you know, uh, I, I don't want to bother you. And and they go very mealy mouth, right? They go very timid. They go very afraid of, of asking the Lord for anything. And He said, Go go boldly. You know, a person of faith will go. Hey, hey, Lord, uh, you said in your Word you do this. I need you to do that in my life. You're not you're not making him do stuff. He already told you he would give you all things that pertain to the life of God. That didn't he? So when you go to the throne of grace boldly, you go, Lord, you said you'd give me all things that pertain to the life of God, that is, this thing here pertains to my life. I need some help with this. And my expectation is you'll do that. That's what a bold person does, amen? You, anybody got any kids? You know, I got, uh, all my kids are, are adults now. They walk in the, in the house, they just eat whatever, boldly, right? Just, oh, there's food, you know? And one time years ago, uh, we, we got, you know, those little, uh, those little uh, metal uh, cups there, you know, that, that are insulated, right? And, and, and so... Uh, so we had the, the high dollar one, and then Walmart started selling them, and they were like super cheap. You know, the high dollar ones were like $40, 50 bucks. You know, and the Walmart ones were like ten bucks. Well, I wonder if they're any good. So let's let's set a test. We put two of them side by side, fill them up with ice and water, and we're going to watch to see which one lasts the longest, right? And so like it had been it been like twelve hours, you know, uh, and, and okay, you know, they're, they're still neck and neck. You know, we'll, we'll see which one's going to last. And one of the kids walks in the house. We were there. They walk in the house. Like, oh, I'm thirsty, and they just guzzle the water. It's like, you just ruined the whole thing. We've been waiting for a day to see which one best. You just boldly just drank the water there. That we would. Why? Why? You, you didn't ask yourself why? Why is there two glasses of water side by side randomly on the on the kitchen counter? No, nobody asked that question. They just drank it like they were like they lived there, right? And, and so that that's the kind of attitude we need to have. With, oh, there's provision. I'll just take that, Lord. You know, didn't even ask for just, just went and got the provision. Amen? We should boldly go to the throne of grace. And, and we're not going to go through it. I wrote down, there's so many great translations of this particular verse. Uh, we're, not going to, we're not going to go through it. But, but uh, I'm just going to read some highlights from some of these translations. So some of them say, we come near with freedom. We come with privilege, approach the throne of grace. We come with all expressiveness. With, uh, we come with openness to the throne of the generosity. We come to the throne of favor. We, we come bravely to the throne. We come with courage. We feel free to come. We come toward, uh, therefore, with outspokenness to the throne of the undeserved kindness. I like that one. Uh, uh, One translation says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Uh, That's the message Bible, right? We always make fun of the message Bible because it's like, wow, I don't know where they got that from, but it sounds pretty good. Uh, And and one of them says, come with a bold frankness. So that's where we go we go to the throne of grace, amen, uh, and so uh, we're getting close, right, it's almost time, we can hang on just another minute, right, uh, and so, and then, uh, so we come, to, but that's, but we go to the throne of grace to get provision, but it's not really where we live, right, we go to the throne of grace, we get what we need, and we go back to our lives, amen, and then some people talked about the cross, it was the cross uh, an amazing uh, point of history, I mean, the cross, you know, it w- w- was, was a pivotal point of history, amen, the Lord Jesus had to go through that successfully, and he did, of course, right, but then a lot of people, uh, well, got to preach the cross, brother, got to preach the cross, but is Jesus at the cross? Is there anybody on the cross? Is there anybody that you care about on the cross? I mean, there's probably still some more thieves and robbers on the cross, but you're going to go to the cross with a thief and a robber and get some help? No, if you're going to go to the cross, who's at the cross? No one's at the cross. Why are we going to the cross? You know, I mean, we, we need to understand the cross, what it did for us, amen, what it would purchase to, for us, right? The blood that was shed on the cross, the stripes that, w- that was, was put upon Jesus prior, just prior to the cross. It's important to know that, but we don't go to the cross. In fact, he said, come to the throne of grace, amen? Jesus is not on the cross. And so a lot of times we, we like to kind of embellish the whole story of the cross, and, and we got to go to the cross, brother, go to the cross, preach the cross, brother, yeah, but there, no one's there it's it's a vacancy right it's it's empty uh, and if you go to the cross and you know, be like hey we need somebody to go on the cross you know how about you uh, you know i'm not going to hang around the cross because they may need somebody to get on the cross amen and so we've got to be careful about uh, nothing wrong with preaching the cross amen nothing wrong with teaching about the cross but that is not our destination that's not where we are when, when the lord says uh, where are you well i'm not at the cross Well, why are you there i'm not i'm not there i'm in heaven why, why are we hanging at the cross? Why are we hanging on the cross? The cross was the lowest point of humanity's history. Amen? Jesus was, was murdered on the cross. Why do we want to go to the lowest point of history? There, there's no lower, because that point in time was, you know, you had God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. At that point in time, God the Son was no longer part of the life and the nature of God. He was separated from the life of God. Uh, now, he's not anymore, but, but we were down by one and it was a terrible place all the sins of the world were placed upon him why we want to go to the cross It was a place of torment and a place of, of of defeat at least as far as the devil to see the devil thought he had defeated jesus at the cross and as in a sense he was defeated but he did it by choice amen he, he kind of uh, you know people sometimes they throw sports uh, sports events right like uh, uh they call it like when they, like in a boxing match they throw the boxing match right he, he just he, he gets a, a small hit and he falls down like he's really dead Uh, that's kind of what Jesus did you know he kind of he kind of faked it but he didn't really fake it I mean they really did murder him and really did treat him poorly Uh, but he got back up amen after the count he came back up amen after the count of three days Uh, and so uh, where are you at the cross are you hanging at the cross are you living at the cross Jesus isn't there anymore he 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 is complete and totally uh, living in a place of victory now Amen? So, so we don't need to hang at the cross. Amen? Let's look at the cross. Let's understand what Jesus paid for us at the cross. Let's get everything, in uh, uh, understanding of, of why he had to go to the cross. All that's great. But he is not there. Amen? So let's not be there. When God says, where are you? Well, Lord, I'm at the cross. I, I, just. Cling to the cross, brother. Cling to the cross. But even Jesus isn't there. You go, Bo- boys, we left. Well, we, we've been gone for a while there, you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm hanging at the cross, Jesus. Well, I'm not there after he came back after he's resurrected did he tell the boys hey boys let's go back to the cross let's go visit the cross no now I, I know on ebay you can probably order some pieces of the cross now right you know and i'm sure it's got supernatural abilities it's really not it's not, it's not anything real right but but um, no let's not let's not hang around the cross so the the question for us is when when god asked abraham where are you or asked uh, adam where are you that's a good question for it where are you amen where are you today uh, and so let's, let's look, let's, well, we know, of course, Jesus finally made it to heaven, right? And, and there's a bunch of, we're not going to go through them, there's a bunch of scriptures talking about Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And that's great, and that's wonderful, amen? And we're thankful for that. Uh, and, and, of course, we know that, that it was the Spirit of God that raised him from the dead, right? Got him out of hell, went down to hell, uh, retrieved him from hell. He didn't do it himself. He had to have the help from the, because, you know, well, we're not going to go into all the details of the Spirit of God, but anytime you see power being expressed in, 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 uh, in behalf or on behalf of humanity, it's always the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus needed power demonstrated, because remember, he said on the earth he could of himself do nothing, that he did everything by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he couldn't even leave hell on his own. He had to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the, uh, Romans eight eleven says that, that uh, 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 well, we can just, uh, just read that real quick, but the spirit of him that raised Jesus up from the dead, so the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead is the Holy Spirit. Uh, so the Holy Spirit is is the one who raised up Jesus from the dead, Amen. Uh, and so he, he that raised up Christ from the dead uh, shall also quicken your mortal body. So the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead now lives in you. Well, that's a good place to be, right? So now Jesus is, he's he's at the right hand of the Father. Let's turn over to the book of, of Ephesians, and, and we're just about done, Amen. But we got to we got to find out where we are because I don't want to leave you in, in no man's land, Amen. I don't want to. Oh, sorry, the GPS died, right? So, so we can't get there. Uh, but so. Uh, he said here in Ephesians chapter one verse twenty, uh, which which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So where is Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father, right, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion in every name. This name not in, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. So Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, far above all principalities and powers. Amen. It's a good place to be. So so. Uh, if there are principalities, demonic, you know, these talking about demonic forces. If there are demonic forces anywhere in the world, where is Jesus in relation to those demonic forces? He's far above, amen? Uh, well, well, wouldn't that be nice to be far above all those things, right? Uh, and so uh, come down to the next chapter, what's it say in verse 6? It says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where is Jesus? He, he's at the right hand of the Father, far above all principalities and powers. Where are we? We are also, from a potential standpoint, sitting in, uh, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And if Jesus is far above all principalities and powers, where are you? We are also far above all principalities and powers. Amen. Uh, you know, we, we we should get over this mindset. I'm just defeated. i you know I'm always having a bad day. My life is so hard. No, I'm seated in heavenly places. And, I, and there's one more verse I want to read, and this really is the, the clincher. This is really, turn to Romans chapter 5. This, this is the verse, uh, and this is where, when, when uh, several weeks ago, when the Lord asked me this question, where are you? This is where he wanted me to get to. This is the goal uh, of uh, have to go all through, through these things. And, you know, this is amazing. This is nearly a miracle. We've gone through uh, uh, 23 of our pages of our notes, right? Uh, and so we uh, we just, we just uh, cruising right through it. Uh, but... Uh, He wants to know where are you, right? He wants to know where Adam was. He knows where God is, right? He knows where Jesus is. He wants to know where you are, amen? Are you at the cross? Are you at Passover? Are you you at the mercy seat? Are you in the wilderness? Are are you uh, sitting uh, without the Spirit of God in your life? Where are you? Well, this is where he wants us to be because we know potentially, you know, in a sense of of our address is right hand of the Father in Jesus, far above all principalities and power. But what about this life that we're living on now, the air we breathe, the steps we take in this life? Where are we? Are we, you know, much of the church, they tell you, get saved, uh, hold your breath until you're dead, and then go to heaven. And it's all good when you get to heaven. But Between now and then, just hang out as best you can, brother. Just, you know, how how go with the battle. It's so hard on this life. You know, what if, that, that's not much of a sales job, right? No. Go out to the world. Hey, be like me. What's your life like? Oh, I'm defeated and broken down and, and I'm sick. I'm diseased. I'm, I'm in poverty. I'm in depression and worry. Be like me. Yeah, I'm going to sign up for that. You're going to sign up for that? I'm not going to sign up for that. Amen? Uh, but see, th- th- this, is, uh, this is where he wanted us to be. He said uh, here in Romans uh, chapter 5, I'm going to read this in a couple of translations, but just he says in verse 17, uh, for if by one man's offense... Death reigned by one. Well, who was the one man who, who started all the offense in the earth? Adam, Adam right? Uh, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. So this, this is us right here. See, uh, when we get to heaven, we're, I mean, right now, we're in one sense seated in heavenly places, but right now in this earth, because of what Jesus did, we get to reign in life. Uh, and I want to read the, the, uh, the amplified version of this. It says... For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, and offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them in the right standing with Himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And then this last translation says, uh, death ruled like a king because Adam had sinned. But that cannot compare with what Jesus Christ has done. God treated us with undeserved grace. And he has accepted us because of Jesus. And so we will live and rule like kings. This is where we are. This is where we should be. This is where I am today. I live as a king in this life. Right In this life, I rule as a king. That's where we're supposed to be in the church. We're supposed to rule in this life as kings to tell the world Jesus is the ultimate king. Now, he's the king of kings, but we, are, we should rule as kings in the earth. There is no enemy we should fear. There is no situation we should back down from. You know, a king, if they find out some subject some far away from the, from the capital is not doing right. You think a king's going to be worried about that? No, he's going to send a thousand troops to go deal with it and deal with every situation and move on. Amen? We are kings in this life. We should be ruling and reigning as kings because of this day when Jesus was resurrected, he empowered us to live like this. This is where we're supposed to be. We've got to move on from all these signposts of the old covenant and, and the church and all the religious ideas we get in the church and rule as kings today. This is us. He's a king sitting at the right hand of the Father. We should be kings in this life and never be defeated. I'm not powering some house with blood on my doorpost, afraid of the enemy. I'm going to go out and engage the enemy and destroy the works of the enemy. That's what Jesus did. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. That's my job. He he has left the earth and has left us, the rest of the church, to complete his task, which is to defeat the enemy. We go out and engage the enemy. There's a devil in it, we'll cast it out. Sickness and disease, we'll heal it. Uh, By his power, everything we do is by his power, but we live and rule as kings in the earth. And that's where we are. When when God asked Adam, where are you? He should have said, I'm living as a king right now, Lord, uh, doing everything you ask me to. Instead, he was hiding behind a fig leaf. Amen? Like the Lord couldn't see him. I see you there. You can't see me. I see you right over there. You've got a fig leaf on. I don't have a fig leaf on. You're right there. I can see you. But we do that all the time. Well, I need you to go and be be an amazing uh, 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 victor in every situation. Well, Lord, I'm afraid. They might say something that hurts my feelings. They might talk about me. You want to talk about me? I could care less. I'm a king. You know, all, every king's ever been gossiped about, that's ever been around, every king has been said bad things about. You think they care? I'm a king. That's where I am. So when God asks you, where are you, you should stand up boldly like he said in, in Hebrews four sixteen. Yes, Lord, I am a king. I rule as a king in this life. No enemy can defeat me. No sickness and disease can overcome me. No poverty can, can hold me back. No no history, not even any mistake I've ever made will hold me back. I am a king. I will move forward, and I will be uh, your child in this earth, and I will defeat the works of the enemy both in my life and in everybody who's willing to come into my life, I will also help them defeat the enemy in their life. I will be a king all the days of my life. And that's where we are. That's where I am. Amen? And that's where all of us should be, amen? And any of us get there, just choose to go there. Just choose to be there, and you're a king, amen? He's already paid the price. That's what we need to do, amen? And so that's our 24 pages of, of notes right there. Praise God, we got them all through, amen? And we don't, so we're, we're thankful for the Lord, amen? And I don't know why we're clapping, but you know, it, the Lord is good, amen? Uh, so uh, I was so excited about this message. The Lord's doing that, and it's just, it just, it just been just stewing on me for, for weeks, you know? I couldn't wait for this message, because the Lord, where are you? Where are you? Amen? Every day you ought to ask, Lord, where am I? Not because you don't know where you are, but just make sure you're right where you're supposed to be. Amen? So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we choose to live as kings and reign as kings in this life. You paid such a great price for us, Father, and for us to live anything less than that is dishonorable to what you've done for me. Father, just say that we're just barely getting by, Father, is dishonorable to the blood of Jesus. To say that I've made a mistake and I can never get past that says such so little about your blood and the great price you've paid for me, Father. I choose to accept everything you've done for me. I choose to be victorious in all that I do, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Well, praise God. Well, I just preached myself happy, so uh, that, that's... Uh, I, uh, one thing I say all the time is I cannot be defeated and I cannot be overcome. I'm a king. I can't be defeated. I, I can't be overcome. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I will always succeed. Amen? Now, it, it, may, it may take a while, but, but what I tell people, if there's if people involved, I tell them you can either lose now or you can lose later. But, you know, I will win. Amen? I will always have the victory. Uh, and, and I tell the devil that sometimes. You can leave now or you can leave later. Now I don't really mean you can leave later, but but uh, he sometimes he acts like, well, I'm never leaving. Oh, you're leaving. You know, you, you leave now or later, but you're leaving. Amen? And, and I will find the faith to overcome you. Uh, amen? And so praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Has the Lord been good to us? He's been so good to us. Amen? He's paid such a great price for us. Uh, and it's such a small thing for us to give uh, part of what we've earned in our lives. And really, you know, you're not really giving money to the Lord. I know you Well, then don't write a check, right? Uh, you're, you're really, the, the money that you have, You've, you've earned that money by exchanging part of your life to obtain that income, amen? So when you're giving to the Lord, you're really giving part of your life to the Lord, amen? And how much of our life is, is he worthy for us to give to him? All of it, amen? So that means all of you need to clear out your bank accounts right now. No, no that's, it's not. Uh, but it, but it should be, we should see that as being such an honorable thing for me to give, Lord, because I'm giving part of my life to you. Uh, and so we're glad to do that amen we're thankful that we have the ability to do that and so he's been so good and kind to us so let's pray and thank the lord for the opportunity to give today so father we thank you that it's an honor to give we thank you father that uh, you've given us such uh, a great ability to earn a living father by uh, giving us the strength and the wisdom and the understanding and the intelligence to do these things and so father we exchange a portion of that life to give it back to you to thank you for being so good and kind to us and so we give you the praise and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. All right, come ahead, Mr. Jared. And uh, not very often I preach, though, right? Most of the time I'm teaching, but every now and then we get on this bus and we just, we just ride the bus, right? And so uh, uh, it's uh, I'm not really a preacher, but um, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. Amen? Because uh, uh, I could teach this, but it's 24 pages of notes, so we could be here for six months. Amen? You know, you can preach something in one service that take you 24 months to, to, uh, to, to teach it out, right? Because uh, we could talk about rain, what the word different, word, different definitions of rain is, right? And I could have read all 27 translations of that one verse there, the whole thing. And I mean, we could be here for a long time, amen? But it's all right. Sometimes it's once and done, amen? Uh, and so, but there was a lot of work that had to go into that. Can, can you imagine if you had to do this every day, a whole brand new service, every single service? It'd be a lot of work. So uh, we're thankful for the Lord, amen? And so we're going to get ready to eat, and then after we eat, then uh, we'll, we'll get uh, some of the adults to go out there and hide uh, all, what, 800 eggs that we got out there, amen? <laughs> uh, and and uh, look, if, uh, if the kids, if it's too much, you know, we, we may let some of the adults go in and hunt a few eggs too, right? So, <laughs> all right, praise God. Well, you're dismissed. Let's set up to eat. What's... Oh, yeah, I'll go ahead and bless the food, and then, um, uh, and then, then we'll eat. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together remind ourselves of wonderful things you've done for us in the completion of resurrection. And so, Father, we we gather together in fellowship around this meal today. We thank you for it, Father, and according to your word, we declare it blessed and sanctified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's eat.